Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh yes. Oh yes. Thank you guys very, very, very much. Oh my goodness. It is so good to be back. So good to be back. Couple weeks off, maybe a week off, but a very short show last time. And I'm just over the moon. I'm just over the moon. I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here today. Yes, that's right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Corey Kingston. This is the Drum Brigade podcast over there in this just beautiful, glorious, glorious studio drinking piping hot coffee right now. Mm-hmm. It's the one. It's the only. Fantastic. Filthy. Funky Phil Pardell. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. What's up, Funky Phil? Nothing, man. Same old biz. <laughs> well, I had my... Well, I don't know if you want to get into it yet. We don't want to get into it. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. We got to get into it. All right, I'm good. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's get into it. Let me just say we have... A very, very special guest today. Very special guest. Mm-hmm. This dude is on another level, Phil. Like, I don't think I'm a teacher anymore <laughs> because of this guy. <laughs> like, this dude is on another... Dude, if you guys really want to learn drums, okay? Like, you want to learn drums, okay, yeah, take lessons from me and Funky Phil because we're very good teachers, Phil. We're very good teachers. Yeah. But if you're like a pro drummer... And you really want to like hone in on your craft. I, I, this is, this is, it's weird. Cause you know, we're supposed to be promoting the whole point of our podcast is to promote the drum brigade and what we do. But I have to say, dude, I, I did a masterclass with this guy immediately bought his book. I'm like, just get saving up a little bit to sign up for his, his course is a 30 day challenge. Uh, it immediately uncovered a lot of things that like holes in my playing that I'm like, I need this. And I haven't had that with a teacher in a long time. Like there's other teachers that I sign up for that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to sign up. I need like some material and I need some, like, I need some help. I need to like, this was different. This was like, okay, it's been a while since I found a teacher where I'm like, I need this guy, you know? And that's the, that's what happened. He hosted chops and coffee and I was just like floored. All right. So he's coming on today. His name is Rich Stitzel. Yes, sir. He's coming up in a little bit here. <laughs> Excited about this. Uh, we're going to get deep. He was supposed to do acceptance podcast so we can just get all deep with it. But um, we, I don't know. We might ask him about dinosaurs. You never know. You never know, dude. This is the Drum Brigade podcast. We just fly by the seat of our pants, Phil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So anyways, that being said, um, we do have a lot of things going on with Drum Brigade as well. Um, you know, we have the personality, Phil. We're just personalities. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, also, Rich is a podcaster as well. It's called the Drum Mantra Podcast. So, of course, guys, go listen to that. Um, all kinds of different things um, that he does. And then, um, but um, before we get started with Rich and with me and Funky Phil, um, all kinds of things with the Drum Brigade. Um, we're have we'll have. Uh, Chops and Coffee merch by the end of the day. Um, so if you guys are Chops and Coffee listeners uh, or Chops and Coffee participants, then you'll be able to um, jump on some uh, Chops and Coffee merch. 
uh, promoting the camaraderie versus competition uh, mantra that we have um, acceptance and belonging, of course. Also, new, fresh, I mean, hot off the presses. Box, a box of them, just fresh. Brand new, 5As, 5Bs, 7As, Drum Brigade sticks are back, baby. They are back. Yes, sir. I bit the bullet, Phil. (laughs) I bit the bullet. I was like, you know, a lot every time I go like live stream or something, I talk about the drum brigade drumsticks and I'm like, yeah, but we're out of five A's and we're out of five B's. So (laughs) I'm like, you know what? I need to stop saying that. I need to stop paying full price for other brands and I need to promote camaraderie over competition. I need to promote acceptance and belonging. I need to promote our products. First rate hickory people. Yeah. And they're a teaching tool. You want to know anything about our drumsticks, then you can just uh, DM me, use a contact form. Those will be up on our website um, as well, probably by the end of the week. So you guys want to get yourself some Drum Brigade drumsticks, have at it. They're, you, won't be, you won't be disappointed. They're really great. So, All right. That being said, I'm Corey Kingston. That's Funky Phil. Rich Stitzel coming up. It's the Drum Brigade podcast, episode 111. Let's get into it. Oh man, it's been a busy couple weeks, Phil. Busy couple weeks. How are you doing, Funky Phil? I'm great. <laughs> yeah, life's good, man. I had a 10 year anniversary. Dang! That's my lovely wife. 10 years. You're a legend. Wow. Yeah. It was fun. Two kids, 10 years, mm-hmm. both musicians. Yep. I mean, how? I mean, how? <laughs> what advice would you give all the youngsters out there that are newlyweds? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Phil, is ve- you're very like, you're the man of the house. There's no denying that. You are the man of the house. I've been there. Been there for dinner. You're the man of the house, but you're very kind to your wife. Like, I don't picture you getting in big arguments (laughs) and very like, I don't picture you guys even bickering. I picture her speaking her mind, telling you this is what she's about and this is what she stands for and she ain't going to stand for anything else. And you going, all right. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting perspective. Charlotte doesn't take any mess either. Charlotte is like, she's a strong woman. Yeah, no, we're we're um, full force equals, you know. There's no, <laughs> there's no patriarchy going on in our house. We're yeah, um, very thoughtful and understanding of each other, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a big respect for each other. I think. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of love. You could feel the love. I mean, I think I just lucked out. Like I just found. I mean, if you're into the soulmate notion, she would be it. <laughs> that's uh i feel this like she's <laughs> she's the yeah uh, i'm just kidding dude. i can't imagine being with anyone else she's been yeah i can't i can't imagine you guys being with anybody else either and you had beautiful children just these just these kids just looking like ken dolls dude. <laughs> just perfect <laughs> yeah 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 everything's good we went to a strawberry patch yesterday nice and uh like where you get to go picked strawberries in the yeah. field and stuff. It was fun. 
The kids loved you it. Took the kids. Mm-hmm. Nice tractor ride. It was great. Oh yeah. So yeah, you're fully vaxxed, vaxxed and waxed. I'm, I'm fully so vaccinated. Yep. You're getting out there in the public again. A little bit. Not going crazy, but yeah, I've definitely feel a little, a little more uh, confident in going out and stuff. He got deathly ill after the second shot. He was just telling me off the air. Deathly ill. Not true. <laughs> Not true at all. <laughs> I heard that the vaccine, like when you get the vaccine, they give you COVID. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I've I have to do it. I'm I'm I it's just become a thing where, you know, I haven't done it yet, but um it's become a thing that like, dude, if you want to work in our industry, like you're gonna have to do it. Like it's it's a requirement now. You know? Yeah. So even on cover gigs, it's becoming like a, a requirement. So um, oh, yeah, I, I gotta just get it dialed. I booked a gig. What? Yeah. Okay, Phil, we gotta talk about this. I have a lot to say about this, and there's been some like developments that I'm. Yeah, I need to talk about this. Okay. <sighs> Do I need to talk about this now? Or should we know. talk about this after? I don't know, man. <laughs> I was just telling you guys. This is another thing, man. I need to do some affirmations about this because I've noticed that I become very indecisive and it's frustrating my wife. (laughs) Like, well, you think we should just like eat Thai food or do you think we should just make something at home? She's like, just make a decision. Well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I, uh, yeah, I can't, I got, I got to figure this out. I'm doing that in in chops and coffee too. Like you guys want to do it? Like want to start at 90 or you got to, is that a good tempo for you guys? Or do you think I'm like, before I'd be like, all right, we'll try this at 90. You know, and like, just go with it. So I need to be less, I need to be more decisive, you know? All right. Well, anyways, I, I just got back from Lake Tahoe, um, did a gig out there. It was, it was great. A lot of driving though. And like, this is kind of a borderline soapbox because they, they, it paid pretty good. But when you start taking into account, like all the stuff, like I rented a car, you know what? Yeah, we're getting on it. All right, the developments I'm talking about, the developments I'm talking about, we'll have to talk about after our guest because it's a long story. Okay. But right now I need to talk about Tahoe. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Tahoe was wonderful, but I need to talk about Uh stupidexpedia.com. Okay. These freaking guys, dude. Okay, so here's how it works. I'm I made a mistake. I I'm I booked my car rental because I'm not gonna drive my two hundred plus two hundred and two thousand mile car to Lake Tahoe. So I'm like, I'm gonna rent a car, I'm gonna put all my drums in it, I'm gonna put some camping gear in it, I'm gonna do my thing, I'm gonna stay for an extra day. Okay, so I book the thing like a month or two in advance. Okay. Saturday comes along when I'm supposed to go pick it up. Now, normally when you, Oh no, I I'm trying to find out like I, I I'm, I'm trying to balance what I'm getting paid for this gig versus what I can spend on like expenditures. Right. So I'm like, I want my car to be under $200. Okay. Well, if I rent it in my local vicinity here, it's going to be like 270 or 240. So I'm like, uh, yeah. And then if I rent it in downtown San Diego by the airport, it ends up being like 198. So I'm like, I'll do that. 
So I'm like, I don't mind driving out there. I'll have my wife drop me off. It's all good. So Saturday morning, my wife decides that she wants to go with me to Lake Tahoe. That's fun. That's another soapbox, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm all, I, I love when my wife wants to come. And I don't like when wrenches are thrown in things. I don't like that. I know that's rough because you're going to sleep in the, the same room as another woman. <laughs> that's not true Phil. <laughs> ends up we get our own room it's all good like it's it's i'm really glad she came and she actually really needed the vacation really really bad like a lot more than me and she didn't have to play a gig or anything so she just chilled like the whole time oh that's cool um okay well anyways so i'm like all right well i got this car well then saturday it's like we kind of take our time. Normally when you rent a car, it's like, okay, you can rent it at six. I mean, you can rent it at like 12, but then if you show up at like two or three, you just, it's fine. You can't pick it up before then. Right. Dude, I drive all the way down to the airport. Me and my wife go on a little date and then I show up at the thing. So my appointment was at 1030. I showed up at probably like two or three. <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem, but still. They're like, oh yeah, you were late for your appointment, so this the 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 appointment has been canceled. I'm like, what? Wait, what? And I'm like, all right, well, just give me like another car. And he's like, no, we're sold out. Oh, I'm like, wait, well, hold on, hold on. So I'm like, I booked this like a month in advance. Yeah, but you have to show up on time. I'm like, since when? What kind of scam is this? And he's just like. Uh, yeah, dude. Sorry, man. If you booked it through Expedia or something like what I would recommend is just going to this, this hub right here, like basically the airport, like rental car hub, which every company has like their thing. And like, I'm, I'm so I'm like, are, I'm at my limit of stress, dude. I'm just, my blood pressure is probably through the roof. Oh. I'm on the phone with, with Expedia. I'm on the phone with Expedia for literally an hour and a half. Oof. Like on hold, waiting, like time is going by to where all the places are now closing. And so the guy's like, well, let me see what I can do. Like, um, let, let me call the place. He's like, well, it shows that you were late. And I said, yeah, but they're sold out. They wouldn't have had it anyways. Okay. Well, let me see if I can get it from another place. I can get it at another place, but it's going to be this much. And I'm like, no, I'm like, dude, that's not my original. I, I booked it two months in advance on purpose. Okay, well, let me... and I, So, m meanwhile, while he's talking to me, I book another car, like, just as a backup, right? I book another car through a completely different company. That company books the car at the same place. What? They book... I book on, like, some, like Orbits.com. Orbit, I, I put in all my information. I secure my reservation for my car to book my car. It says to pick it up at the same place that I just went to that said they were sold out. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I have, I have a reservation. I have everything. It's for the price I want, the whole thing. Oh, no. So I tell the guy on the phone, hey, man, I'm just going to book another car, but I'll call you back if I need to. He's like, all right. So I hang up. I walk into that same place, and I said, hey, I made a different reservation. Here's my reservation. Number. I just want to pick up this car instead. He's like... Yeah, man, I don't think you understand. We're sold out. And I'm like, I have, I booked the, and he's just like, we're sold out. We don't have any cars to give you. And I'm like, why could I, I go, how come I'm able to make a reservation then? 
can you send me to another place? That's crazy. And he's just like, it's, he's like, the other place that we have is by the border, like literally by the Mexican border. And he's like, and he's like, they just, they're closing right now in four minutes. He's like, we're sold out. We don't have anything. I'm suggesting that you go to that place that I told you. Dude, I'm like, you know me, Phil. Like, I'm, I'm coming unglued, dude. I'm like, I'm so pissed. I'm stressed out. So I get back on the phone with, with Orbit. I mean, with Expedia. There, another 45 minute wait on the phone. The lady finally comes on. Thank you for calling um, Expedia. Who am I speaking to? I'm like, hey, I'm Corey. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Tell her the deal. Oh, she's like, okay, please hold, sir. Click, hangs up on me. What? I'm like, no. Um, dude. And it's like, they're like, well, we can get you a car in 24 hours. And I'm like, I can't. I'm leaving at like five in the morning. Like, no. And so, yeah, it loses, like, cuts the call, hangs up. And I'm, I'm like, I'm done. So I go to that hub. I look for a car there. Long story short, dude, she calls back. She's just like frantically like trying to find me a different car. She's like, I got you a different car, but she's like, there's a price difference. Uh oh. Like that's <laughs> I go, how is there a price difference? I made an, a reservation like months ago. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry, sir. This is all I can do. I ended up remember when I said I wanted my car to be under mm-hmm. under two hundred? Yeah. My bill ended up coming out to four hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm driving my car. And the lady's like, okay, well, let me see what I can do. And she's like, I can get you down to four twenty. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And she's like, I can get you down to like, I can get you down to four oh five. And I'm just like, my wife is like, babe, just just do it. Count the loss. Just do it. You know. And I'm just like, I'm I'm like. I'm so I'm like burning because now I'm I'm in downtown San Diego. I paid double. Not to mention I drive this car all the way to Tahoe. I have to deliver it back to to San Diego. Then I have to take a train back home. So I have to pay for that expense too. Oh man. This is the stupidest thing I ever did, dude. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> So she upgraded me, which is good. Like, thanks for the favor. You know, it's a completely different company. And then she goes, the lady at the, the front desk for this completely different company goes, where did you rent your car? And I said, I rented it through Expedia. And she's like, yeah, but what was the company? And I was like, it was Ace, you know, MEX or something. And then she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, they're notorious for that. She's like, they're notorious for what they do is they they book all a bunch of fee they book a bunch of reservations through outside sources like Expedia and then if a person is like even a little bit late they replace that cuz they'll still collect a fee from Expedia for booking through them mm-hmm. and then they'll say oh they were late for their thing and then they'll book it through another person so they'll make double the money oh that's sketch yeah and so she's like they're notorious for that she's like you guys have no idea how many walk-ins that we get for for that because they're sold out you know um and then oh and then when i walked in she's like if you guys did she's like we don't take walk-ins she's like it's a holiday weekend we don't take walk-ins so she's like but you guys already paid on expedia so I legally have to give you guys a car. So she's like, so that saved you. Wow. I'm just like, dude, 
Um, That's I was crazy. so mad. So we ended up like we just we ended up going out to dinner, and then we it, th- then that was a whole nother wrench into things. That was a whole nother soapbox of like I had all of Saturday to prepare for taking off and leaving at like five in the morning. Saturday comes along and I spend all of Saturday like hanging with my wife because I'm thinking that she's going to stay home and I'm going to go by myself. So we went out to dinner. We went, did our thing. And then we're finally, I'm finally on my way home trying to go to the store, trying to load up my drums, trying to do all this stuff at like nine at night. And pack my I haven't even packed my clothes I haven't packed any of the camping stuff like nothing so 10 11 at night I'm still packing I get to bed at midnight and then I'm supposed to wake and leave at five so I'm like (laughs) I wake up at four because I just can't sleep because I'm so anxious about getting up on time and not being late for the gig and then we didn't leave until six and like I drove all the way up there with my stomach in knots and like I get there and it's a full on fire drill, dude. It's just I mean, I get there after driving nine and a half hours. I get there and I'm like immediately loading my drums in immediately setting up. I had 15 minutes after I set up to go change my clothes. I wanted to shower, you know, relax into the gig. No, off of four hours of sleep. Ugh. Like full on, like I ran to the hotel, changed my clothes. I run to the hotel, walk into somebody else's room. They gave me a key to somebody else's room. (laughs) And like, luckily it was like one of the singers. So I just go, Hey, can I just use your bathroom? I got 15 minutes to start cocktail hour, change my clothes, run out there to cocktail hour and start playing. And then it was like full on until, until 11 o'clock at night. Dude, I felt like I was jet lagged. That's brutal. Dude, crazy. That crazy. Sounds like a nightmare. So, <laughs> that was it. I ain't trying to hear that right now. It was fun though. I mean, it was dude, like don't get me wrong, it was like it was really beautiful gig. It was like fun to be up there and then it was just like it was nice to play the gig and then we just did our thing, man. We just like we took our time getting to the campsite. We set up our whole campsite and then we only stayed one one day. So I was like, I don't want to go on a hike. I don't want to do anything. I just, I have like a lot of things on my mind. This was supposed to be my trip to just be in my own thoughts. And, Mm -hmm. and that didn't happen. So I'm like, I'm not trying to go on a hike. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm trying to do this, you know, and it it didn't happen. So it's like, it's fine. It's just a trip. A trip with my wife is a lot different than a trip by myself, you know? And, um, it's like, it's hard because you don't want to be like, well, I was planning on going by myself. You know, it's like, it sounds weird, but like my dad tried to go too. like, my dad was like, well, summer's not going, I'll go. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to go by myself, you know? Yeah. So anyways, there'll be plenty of those. Mm. So that's what happened, dude. Such an irritating nightmare. That so. sucks. What did they give you a, uh, like a, BMW or something at least <laughs> no it was just like I, I had to get an SUV like a, a medium sized SUV for my to fit all my drums dude by the time you fit all my drums and the and the camping stuff I mean there's just we had to leave stuff behind like there was just no room for anything else man should have like, just bought a van dude <laughs> <laughs> 
Phil. I am like a complete crazy maniac over over vans right now. I'm I'm it. like ready to pull the trigger. I'm I'm waiting for my stupid bank to get back to me. They aren't getting back to me. Like there's there's all these dope vans online that I'm like, okay, that's the one. If I get approved, like that's the one I want. And like I, either the either it's like a uh uh like a car dealership that doesn't do financing. So they just expect you to walk up with $30,000 and be like, here you go. How do you want it? And ones or like hundreds, like, you know, like, and like, or, you know, they don't do, it's like, dude, what? I don't know how I'm going to do this, dude. But like, I don't know how it was so easy to get a car before. I just like literally one day my car blew up and I was like, I'm going to get a car. And I just drove to the Mazda dealership. I sold my car in the parking lot to somebody else. And then walked in and put a down payment and walked out with a Mazda 3, the one that I have. Dang. And like, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go. And and uh, then driving up there and, and, and like in the campsite, in the campground, all you see is just my dream van. <laughs> just everyone everywhere is in my dream van. And I'm just like, here, let me set up the tent. Oh, van envy. <laughs> I do have van envy. Super dude. van. Envy. It is happening, Phil. It is happening. Where there's a will, there's a way. I'm gonna get a van. I believe it. And like, I just, I want one so bad. I can't wait. I ain't trying to hear that right now. I can't wait to go on a road trip with you. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be dope. All right. Enough about uh, my struggles with cars. Let's uh, take a break and let's get rich on. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know, the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes, onesies. We got socks, mugs, phone cases, stickers. We got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 111. Yes. Uh, Funky Phil. Dude, it's the next level. This is next level now. All right. It's time to get serious, Phil. Hold it together. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man. Okay. So this guy is a drummer, a percussionist, an educator an author, a composer, does the drum mantra, has a drum mantra, 3030, uh, a bunch of different books out. I just bought, I haven't even gotten into it yet because I'm on, um, I'm on, I was on vacation, but it's starting this week. It's starting tomorrow. Um, so I'm starting oh, cool. on the foundational series. He also has another book, uh, the primary series and then a hundred day journal, um, practice log. 
uh, has a podcast called the Drum Mantra Podcast, does weekly master classes. I mean, there's like, I'm not even touching the surface, has all kinds of different endorsements and all kinds of things going on. Please welcome to the show, the one, the only Rich Stitzel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> man, Rich, dude, thank you for coming on, man. <laughs> oh man, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Dude, I, feel like I, I need to get my uh, my stream deck so I can push some sound <laughs> effects with you guys. <laughs> we have so I use a different setup for this. I have a like a uh, my iPad setup, like oh, a, cool. a dial or whatever. Um, but um, we have a bunch of funny. We we do like a bunch of drops, but we have. Um, do you know who Jeff Endike is? He's like a New Yorker, so. thick coat, okay. bottle, bottle glasses, and um, we have a bunch of his. Um, like, no, don't watch me too carefully, all right? I'm still working on it myself. I'm always working on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bunch of his. We're I don't know why we're huge fans of Jeff Endike, and um, yeah, I can see why. I like that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, anyways, um, so man, like, I was telling Phil, uh, like, your man, like, both Phil and I are teachers. Phil is a very good teacher. Okay, I'm a I'm an okay teacher. But like when you ch- when you hosted Chops and Coffee, it put things into perspective where it's like, man, like I got a lot to work on here. <laughs> and I don't want you to take that the wrong way. It's just like your style, the drum mantra thing is so amazing. It's so good. And um especially from, you know, like a professional drummer, a, 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 you know, I'm a gigging drummer. I do tours. I, I do sessions. I teach. I do all these things. And it was very quick to like uncover my weaknesses, but not in like the chummy, the, the jerk teacher way. It wasn't like, here's how great I am. And this is what you should need to improve on. And, you know, and like, yeah. um, so it was very much like you're uncovering your weaknesses on your own. And, and then you stick with that. You know, and so I know I'm going to let you get into it, but I'm just telling you my perspective of like why I was so blown away. And it was very quick to where I, I was just telling Phil that like, it's not very often where I see a teacher and I'm like, okay, I need this guy. Like, I need this. I need to sign up. I don't care what it costs. I need to do it. Um, this can help me. And that's immediately the vibe I got where it was just like, oh my God, I need this. Like, this is, this is where I need improvement. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. So I immediately, I mean, we signed off chops and coffee. I pull up, you know, Amazon, I go to your website and buy the book immediately. And then I'm like, I'm buying the course, you know, as soon as I can get through, get, get a little bit on my feet, like as far as like get the time to really commit to it and like amazing stuff, man, amazing stuff. So man, the drum mantra, it's like your thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Thank you. First of all, for, having me thanks for all the kind words and yeah. you know i i it's interesting how you introduced phil as a great teacher and you as a good teacher you know <laughs> and <clears throat> it's interesting thinking about teaching um i'm a third generation music educator so both of my parents are band directors and jazz musicians and then my grandfather was uh, a major educator and started the International Association of Jazz Education. So there's like a big lineage of education. So I kind of grew up in, you know, around the dinner table talking about jazz and jazz education and how to marry those things as a child. You know, I was listening to these 
conversations. <clears throat> so it's always been in my head, how do you teach really effectively? And uh, I taught private lessons for 17 years from 1990, probably by the, when you were born, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I'm, like I'm 19- older than I look, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Then. Uh, like 1991 to 2007, I was teaching like 30 hours a week on top of gigging, just like we all do. Mm-hmm. And I was the last couple years before I decided to quit cold turkey, I quit teaching actually. Um, I was literally falling asleep during lessons, just like, mm. you know, I couldn't stay awake. I was not inspired to practice myself. Like the last thing I wanted to do was look at drums after teaching 30 hours and playing five gigs. Um, And I kind of got tired of the students coming in and being like, I didn't have time to practice. I had soccer. I had this, I had this. And so I changed my whole way of teaching in the last couple of years of when I was teaching. Um, Instead of the student coming in and saying, okay, show me what you worked on. Here's your assignment work on it and we'll see how it goes next week. I decided that I was going to model what it felt like to practice for the length of time that if their lesson was 30 minutes, then I would model what a 30 minute practice session would feel like. If their lesson was an hour, they were going to get an hour long. So basically I was the first day of the week modeling what their practice session should feel like every single day. Because when you tell a student I want you to play this rock beat for four minutes. They're going to go home and they're going to play it for four seconds and say, (laughs) oh, I've got it and move on to something that's fancy. Because why play that drum beat? If you have it in the first four seconds, why continue? Why not go to something fun? And we are all guilty of that. We're all guilty of working on something. And if we're not being held accountable by anybody, it's really easy to say, when am I ever going to use this? You know, you start, these questions start coming up. Like, am I really ever going to have to play this tempo of this rudiment? Nah, I'll practice that later. Let me go to something that's fun. Let me go to something that I sound good doing. And then we end up jamming instead of practicing, right? So modeling that practice became super important to me because I wanted the student to feel that pain <laughs> of getting to the fourth minute of, a, of the money beat, you know, and I would say, if you can't play the money beat for four minutes, then you're never going to be able to do anything because that's how long a song lasts. You have to be able to play it for at least that long. And so I started really getting into doing these extended length exercises, like challenging the student, challenging myself. Let's play this groove for 10 minutes without stopping. That is almost impossible. It's so hard to play a groove for 10 minutes without changing anything. And I started coming up with exercises that would challenge, I don't want to get into the whole history of my teaching philosophy, but um, exercises, I, I, I wanted to always have like these ideas of a lesson, an exercise should be cross-training. It should, it should take care of different items at the same time, right? So, Fast forward to drum mantra. The drum mantra is based on six core elements. Time, reading, coordination, polymetric awareness, which is the wild card that no one really understands yet, phrasing, and groove. 
time, reading, coordination, polymetric awareness, phrasing, and groove. And so I try to create exercises that incorporate at least four of those things always. So it's a cross training. So you're working on this exercise. Yes, it's a timing exercise, but if you do it long enough, it becomes a groove exercise because it starts to get into your body in a way that mm-hmm. allows it to be a groove. So when I was kind of modeling that teaching thing, right at the end of that teaching uh, period, I decided I had to quit teaching altogether and I needed to just practice. So I took this big risk and I made the announcement and a month later I had no students. I rented a rehearsal space and I tried to practice as much as I was teaching. That was not easy to do. I did it for about six weeks. Uh, And then I got a call to go on tour with uh, Miranda Lambert, who's this big country superstar. Mm -hmm. And I did that tour. I was just subbing for the drummer and I did that tour for seven weeks. And on that tour, I had the realization that that's not what I wanted to do anymore. Mm. You know, it's like the dream of being in the arena. And then once you do it, it's so much fun and it's so cool. And I loved being on the road and I loved the hang. I realized if I don't figure out what to do for myself, I'm just going to be doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because touring is fun, especially at that level, you know, where everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I need to, I need something more. And all this stuff happened at the same time. So I, I had that realization and what is this more thing? And I just started messing around with reason, the program. This is, you know, 2007 reason was brand new. And I programmed a quarter note. And then I programmed a dotted eighth note and then I programmed a five note grouping. Oh, wow. And I just programmed it. And I stretched out that, that loop for like 45 minutes, a 45 minute long loop of just those three things interacting with each other. And I would put it on my iPod and I would take walks and that's all I would listen to. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how to hear those three rhythmic relationships from the perspective of the quarter note, what's going on with the dotted eighth note and the five note grouping, and then shift it. What's And now I'm going to hear it from this perspective of the dotted eighth note, what's going on with the four note and the five note grouping, how, the, how are they reacting in, in, a, in a triplet-based concept, and then shift it again and hear it from the five note grouping and try to figure out what's going on with the three and f- four in five note groupings. And I spent months listening to that wow and it became it, it was like that was the birth of drum mantra that became the my life mission it's like there's so much depth in this little bitty nugget of information i need to really go deep in a micro niche concept of drumming and go all the way down into it's almost like the atomic level. Like, how are these things interacting? How are these little mm-hmm. chunks of time interacting with each other? And why don't drummers all know about this? Yeah. We're drummers. We're rhythm people. We should really, really understand the depths of rhythm. Not to be able to play like, you know, Mike Mangini or, you know, Virgil Donati, but you can still be a Charlie Watts. But you, everyone, all of us should understand 
how time functions. Yeah. And so that became my mission. And that's, that's where drum mantra was born. So all the exercises were birthed out of that. It's, um, it's, it's so crazy, man. Like, yeah, (laughs) that, so doing that, I've only done one, I've only done the chops and coffee thing. You know, I haven't done any of the other masterclasses or any of that stuff. I haven't dove into it, um, yet, but, um, just that concept doing all the, so we did all these different permutations in, in three, right. And with different accents and, and, and then different ostinatos on our feet, I think, or if I remember correctly, and it was just like, but then hearing that, that the metronome or the, the time changing like that, there's something about that, that just made it like where it, you, it, it wasn't throwing you off after a while. You just kind of got used to it and felt the groove and, and you, you, it's like, Ordinarily, that would totally like if you took one of those, like the dotted eighth note or the grouping of five, and you're like, okay, you know, play a 16th note accent thing on your hands. I would be like, hold on, like, wait, what? I don't get it. But the fact that we were doing it, you know, continuously, it just made the, it just made it fun. It made it really like where you're feeling the groove differently. And it was just awesome, man. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I wanted to make a point to, to, uh, what were you saying? Yeah, I think I think what's important when a teacher is to not assume anything of the student. Mm-hmm. To make it so black and white, to make to to uh, to hold hold the student's hand. I mean, it's so popular for drum teachers to say, take the take this page from syncopation and do this 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 and this to it, mm-hmm. and let me hear it next week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I grew up with, like, just the assignments, just the, here's the concepts, apply to this, and do it. That was every lesson I ever took when I was a kid, you know? Yeah, and there's something really healthy about that, because it opens up your, 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 uh, your, your, accountab- your accountability. If you want to get better, you got to figure out how to do these things. But there's also something to be said with, for everything being written out, like, everything is there. It, it, not not to say do this 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 etc. Mm. Write in the etc. This yeah. this 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 this. Then there's no there's no room for there's no gray area. Then yeah, the student and there, knows that's what you have to do. And they're they're also seeing it. You know, they're also yeah. like it, that's important part of reading, you know, you said was one of your pillars, it, you know, if they are seeing it, there's something to that muscle memory of you see it, you know what it is versus right. like just it, it, like going, okay, well, if you can do this, you should be able to do this. And then you never look at it. You know, right. that was a big problem of my history of, of drum lessons being taught as a kid. I was, I would always struggle with reading and, it, you know, it was because the teacher would just put something in front of me and be like, read it. And there's no explanation. You know, it, it's like, yeah, it's really important. Really cool. cool yeah. And thing. if you have a complex structure, like, you know, if you have, if you're in three, four, a dotted eighth note lasts one measure. Hmm. If you're in four, four, a dotted eighth note lasts three measures. Hmm. If you're in four, four and you have a dotted eighth note and a five note grouping, it lasts 15 measures. Yeah. So you can't keep in your track in your head. You know, a teacher could never say, I want you to go home and play a four, four groove, but play a dotted eighth note with your left foot and play a five note grouping with your right foot in your mind. <laughs> just make that happen. Yeah. Cause it's 15 bars. It's a 60 beat cycle. 
Yeah. <laughs> you have to see it. You have to see it and how, how everything lines up the whole time. That's, that's where reading is helpful. Yeah. With these advanced concepts where you can't just now I, I'm say this, and then I'm going to say something else. That's going to be the opposite of what I say. You can't just imagine that complex of a structure that lasts 60 beats long in your mind. Mm. Okay. Now I'm going to say the opposite. <laughs> Uh, Tigran Hamasian. Are you guys familiar with Tigran Hamasian? I'm the not. pianist, the Armenian pianist. Okay. Oh, maybe I Simon. am. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Nate Wood is one of his drummers. Arthur Natick from Switzerland is one of his drummers. It's some of the most complex music I've ever listened to. Tigran does not hand out any music. It's the demo. Learn it. And wow. so Nate and Arthur are memorizing these super complex songs and playing incredible stuff. And it's very accurate and nothing's written down. So there's the yeah. opposite. So it is okay. Well, yeah, that that's where the stuff that I, I get really interested in is, um, you know, sports medicine stuff where, you know, how coaches uh, inspire or get their, their athletes to perform you know, and, and, um, a lot of it is, you know, fun going over fundamentals that they've done since they were kids and then getting them to shut their brain off, you know, when it comes time to play the game. Um, and, uh, so the, the brain, when you start, you know, I've worked with a few different coaches that talk about, you know, what the brain is capable of. It's amazing. It's, I mean, it's one of the most complex things in, you know, the universe, scientists still don't understand completely fully and like so it is capable we are capable when you exercise it in these ways though that you're talking about it's like man it's amazing what you 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 can surprise yourself on like what you're capable of you know when when you start taking it when you start dissecting it and you start looking into like what's actually happening and how many you know your these rhythms that you're playing with different limbs and man it's like you try to explain that to the average person and they're just like, what are you even talking about? You know, I know <laughs> I always wonder like, what is it that has made drummers made us drummers so interested in these weird things about how, how I coordinate my arms. And yeah. It's so strange how we fall in love with that. And someone else might fall in love with, you know, racing cars. Or, right. So I was I, at this, there, there's so much in what you just said. Like I'm, I'm at that point in my life and, um, this is what I was going to talk about with you, Phil, at before the um, we hit record. But like, I'm at that point in my life of like, like I just got offered a really good tour gig. It's a it's a pretty substantial gig. It's um it it would be comfortable touring, you know, and big shows and a good paycheck and all of that stuff. And I'm like, the first time in my life. I mean, this has been my goal to get in, get on, get on one of these tours, you know. Um, for since, since I was 12 years old, you know, and, and now I'm like, I don't think I want it. Like I I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm like 90% sure I'm passing on the gig and, um, you know, and so it's, it's comforting and like reassuring to see that somebody, I'm not the only one that has had that struggle, you know, that internal struggle of like, man, like, I, you know, I want to do it, but I, I also love teaching and I love, you know, and I want to do that to the best of my ability and, you know, uh, all of that kind of thing. Um, completely unrelated though. 
I was I was wondering about your thoughts on um so I do these uh I go to these there's a weekly shed out here in Oceanside that I go to and um it's a lot of younger guys a lot of guys that are trying to learn how to shed and then there's a lot of a lot of egos going around the room and and if any any of the guys who know about the drum brigade you know we're I'm not into I don't know, the alpha male, you know, like ego driven drum. I'm better than you kind of thing. Um, I, we're all about, you know, acceptance and belonging and camaraderie and boosting each other in that way, in a positive way. Anyways, when I go to these sheds, um, man, I, 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 I'm not trying to, but you see, you do notice a lot of holes in, in playing in ability. You do notice like the focus is only on what these guys can bring to the shed. And, um, it is not about, you know, uh, landing a good gig, playing in a solid pocket, playing good time. A lot of these guys cannot play in time at all. They, they all lose their time. And then on the other spectrum, I'm not a guy that can shed. Like I don't have all those, uh, you know, I can, I can, I can hang, but I'm not like, I'm not a gospel. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't like, I didn't, you know, or playing in church. I don't, I'm not a gospel chop guy at all, but they like the main dude that on Thursday, the main guy that was there, he was like, I want you to get back on the drums. I want you to, to, you know, I want to go against you. And I'm like, Oh, come on, man. Like, you know, I can't against. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, against like, that's not what I'm into. And like, and he's like, but I need you to jump on because he's telling all the younger guys, this guy's a human metronome. You need to hear. He's always ready to go right when, right when I'm done doing my chops, he's ready to go. And like, this is what you guys need to learn. And so I'm kind of like, well, you guys can come and take some lessons and I can show you how to do it, you know, but like, it's also from years of touring and playing and gigging and having, you know, doing sessions and having to be on time. And, but I'm, I wonder what your perspective is on, you know, I know I've said a lot of, of stuff and, and, but, um, what your perspective is when you see something like that, when you see guys that are, you know, they're, they have amazing chops where they can wow you on Instagram, you know, in two seconds. But then when, when push comes to shove for real, it's like, okay, well, man, like you do have a lot of great chops, but where are you using that? You're just using that for these sheds. And you really are like your time is all over the place. Like your your hands are kind of all over the place. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is your perspective? What is your thoughts on like the modern day? You know, this is like a new movement in our in our community where guys are like only doing this. They're only preparing for a sparring match, but they're not really preparing for the fight. You know what I mean? <clears throat> this kind of triggers a memory that I have that I kind of had nightmares of after it happened uh i was on the drum the drum gab drumio gab podcast and i said i don't think that everyone in the world is meant to play drums and he's and and seamus like what do you what do you mean you know and i and i was kind of coming at the time i was kind of frustrated with sort of what you're talking about i don't i'm not around that much about around people that are doing that but I feel like everybody is gravitates to what they love and that's what they decide to do. Right. And so some of us gravitate towards drums and some of us gravitate towards golf and some of us gravitate. So, so <clears throat> I don't think everyone is made to be a drummer. First of all, 
and some people want to teach the world how to play drums. I think it's important to understand rhythm, yeah, and all that. But then you have all these levels once you become, once you decide what it is that you love. Okay, I love drums. I'm going to be a drummer. Okay, now you have all these decisions within that. What kind of drummer? Mm. Are you going to be, you want to be a session drummer? Do you want to be a touring drummer? Do you want to teach? Do you want to, you know, this, do jingles or whatever? Do you want to uh, be a gospel chops guy that goes to competitions and challenges each other? I mean, where are the levels? And everyone kind of resonates at a different level. You know, yeah. it depends on what your, what each person's goal is in life. And maybe I would probably say, maybe you should question why you're going. <laughs> <laughs> because if it's something that's frustrating to you and you don't have any control over it, then maybe it's not something that you should be involved in. Yeah. I, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not frustrating. It is fun. I, I, I do it for a couple reasons. So one, I, I definitely want to be involved in the drum community in any way I can. Uh, right. For the the drum community, yeah. And, yeah. um, so the, and it's in my local community here in San Diego. So it's like, that's, you know, and it, it, it the vibe isn't as, is bad as I make it out to be. It's, it, it, it does get ego driven, you know, but it still is a good hang and it, it still is like a, a bunch of drummers playing, but I am very interested in like trying to keep my finger on the pulse of what the kids are doing. You know, I think that's very yeah. important for our community. And, right. um, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of my dilemmas of like, I don't want to turn into, you know, the, the old drummer, like my dad's buddies that are just like, man, I just keep it in the pocket. And I'm like, I agree with that. But like, you know, I don't want to yeah. turn into that guy. I want to keep my finger on I the know. pulse of the young kids. And, um, but the other thing is I, I challenge myself to get out of my comfort zone. So, um, that's the whole reason why I started going to sheds is to like there, I mean, four or five years ago, I could, I could play any gig, but I couldn't, you know, and that's relative. I can't, I shouldn't say any gig, but you know what I mean? If there's a drummer in the room and I'm playing a gig, it's fine. But if I have to like play in front of other drummers, I'm like, Oh God, like, you know, sit on the drums and, and play, test out some drums at NAMM show or something. I'm like, Oh God, I can't do that. And so I started hosting sheds at my studio when I would invite all my buddies from San Diego that I was by far the weakest link in the room. And I would just force myself to go in there and like play. And I started realizing that a lot of drummers feel the same way. That was kind of how drum brigade started where it was like, man, we all have those feelings at times, you know, that imposter syndrome and, and, and feeling like we don't belong behind the drums when that's like the, the thing we love the most. Um, and so I, I, it's helped me in a lot of ways. Like even with chops and coffee, there's no way I could lead a group of like, you know, guys that I consider, you know, great drummers. I've, I respect everyone that's in the room. There are other teachers and other professional drummers and older drummers and younger drummers and students. And like, there's no way I could lead a group like that and be like, here's the warm up we're going to do. And like, let me demonstrate it for you. Like, it's just like, there's no way, but going to going to um sheds like that has helped me to be like hey man like look i may not be able to do some things and i and i started noticing the guys that i thought were the greatest drummers at these sheds there's a lot of things that they couldn't do either that i could do you know they just happen to be really good at this one thing or this you know couple things or they're really fast with their hands but you know 
make them play jazz and they can't do that or make them play a Latin thing and they can't do that or make them make them play in six, eight and they can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, um, it's just like, it's just a, a thing of, uh, I, I, I like the challenge. I definitely don't. I, I like the learning aspect too of like, whoa, that was a cool lick. I never thought about it like that. Um, but I don't, I like the, I don't like the feeling of being in my head and being like, I know I can do better than that. And that's why I keep going back to be like, let's not get in your head. And that helps me like on gigs to rise to the occasion or helps me in teaching or helps me in chops and coffee to not get in my head and just be like, dude, you know, I know I can do this. I know I can do this. I'll just stay in my lane and do my thing. And you know, so anyways, it sounds like you're, you're, you're more going there to kind of deal with something that's in your mind. Maybe. Like, yeah. Because you have a fear of it a little bit because you want, you, you know, you don't play like JD Beck. Right. And other kids are trying to, and they can't either, <laughs> but, they, yeah. but maybe they could, you know, they're fast. No, that's totally, that's totally my thing. Like when, since I was a kid, you know, you'd see all these kids when they were, they were kids and, you know, and, and, and like, I was just like, in my town, you know, I was like, yeah, everybody knows I'm a drummer. And then I go to be around other drummers and I'm like, I don't play drums. I don't, you know, and it's like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, and that's, that's helped me kind of out of my shell, out of my mind, out of my, like to, to be like, okay, like, yeah, I can play, like I can play like, you know, and then, then when you, when I jump in, everybody's like, yeah, dude, that was dope. Like you're, you're, you know, like, it's like, we can learn a lot from you. And I'm like, Oh God, like, okay. Like, you know, it's yeah. So anyways, I always, I always ask that question, um, especially with other teachers. Like, you know, when you see these, these younger guys coming up, um, it's, it's, it's funny to me. And it's, it's like kind of a weird situation where these guys focus on something that is like, they're missing so many fundamentals and so many different things. And that's where I think that someone like you is just, it, you know, it's it, it's hard for a drummer like that to be like, look, I'm going to spend like an hour and we're going to do like every permutation of like this one thing, or I'm going to like spend all this time on like this, this reading exercise right. where they're just like that, that mentality is something that I'm guilty of, of like, yeah, I can't get that. I'll just work on something. I know that makes me feel that gives me endorphins and I feel good that like I can play drums. Great. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that something like what you do is something that is really appealing to someone like me, because now I feel like I'm mature enough in my drumming career to be like, this is what I need to do. Like, I don't need to work on some kick drum variation so I can bring it to the, ch- the shed and have a new chop. Like I want to be a well-rounded drummer and I want to be a well-rounded educator. And this is what can help me with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not necessarily just young drummers. It's, you know, chasing trends is a danger too. I think um, I had a student who was, who went to the new school in New York and he said, do you think I can go to New York and just study hip hop drumming? Cause that's really what I love. And I'm thinking that's dangerous because that's like the, the thin layer on the top of like of a whole history of drumming, you know, right? Yeah, Mark Juliana, when he, you know, when, when all the guys in New York were doing the hip hop thing, the new hip hop thing, all those guys studied jazz, right? <laughs> You know, it's not like you just go in and learn hip hop. You've got to know the whole 
history of the language, but he was only interested in hip hop. So I'm always trying to drive home with a student if I'm working with somebody is you have to know the roots of the, of the instrument, you know? And so all these people that are blowing chops, but don't have any depth to their playing, they may or may not ever realize that. It's exactly right. It's, it's, and it's not, it's not your job to control that unless they ask you to be their teacher. Right. Well, and I think that's, that's the difference though, is they can see the difference, you know, when, when like they can see that I don't have all these like ridiculously fast, you know, 32nd note triplet drum fills, but, but they can see the difference in like control and tempo and being in the pocket and, and all that stuff. So I'm like, dude, that's what you're, that's what's missing. Like, you know, but, but what I was going to say to your point is, you know, the, the Chris Daves and Mark Juliana's the, uh, I don't even, even like Justin Brown's and, and these guys that, you know, can play the gospel chop stuff or the hip hop stuff. So well, all of those guys can swing like, I mean, that's, you can tell that's what they studied. So in order to get there, you have to, you know, start here. You know what I mean? Like those guys did like, it's so it's, it can be so simple, but yet it's so complicated because everybody wants to run before they've walked, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I I think it's, 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 it's hard because we want to, we really have to be on our own journey. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do because there's so much influence out there. There's so many other people that are doing these things. And, you know, I I get intimidated. I'll watch, I'll watch Instagram for a second. And I'm like, where do I even begin? Exactly. (laughs) And, and one of the things I decided to do with that, where do I begin is to dive in. So it's like, if you're scrolling through and you see something that is blowing you away, don't just keep scrolling. Like, download that video and figure out how to do it. Right. You know, actually, actually learn something instead of, because the more you scroll and the more you are impressed, eventually that becomes intimidation and becomes depression. It's like, man, I don't play anything like Dan Weiss. (laughs) Exactly. You can go down a rabbit hole and just get (laughs) stuck, man, where you're just like, I, I mean, it's, 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 that's that's what i'm saying though is like you know especially with with the the whole drum brigade thing is we all do that we've all done that at some point we've all had those feelings that the the guys that i i in my mind were thinking these are the greatest dudes that are this is the next generation of like this guy is going to be the next dude has had the same feelings that i've had you know and it's just like okay so that's just a this is we're drummers this is what we do you know and like you want to improve you want to get better you want to not have those feelings anymore then that you got to do the work and and that's why i appreciate the the drum mantra so much is like man that's where the first time i felt in a, the first time in a long time i felt like okay this is what can help me you know this is i i want to put time in we we've all gone through that world like i want to devote time to practice what do i practice are you going to just practice paradiddles like all day you know like and this is something that can really man like there's so much things in there that like can just yeah get you there i know i've said that yeah. many times but i'm you can and tell I, i'm jazz about this <laughs> it was a, it was really important for me to create a method I mean, that drum mantra wasn't just overnight thing. I mean, I worked on that for 
since 2007 and the first book came out in 2016. Wow. So it was like 10 years before I was like, now I understand what this is. Yeah. And even after I put the book, the first foundational series book out, I mean, I put the, I put the book out and it was in it and it wasn't complete. And I took two lessons with Pete Magadini. I don't know if you know who Pete Magadini is. He's like the godfather of polyrhythms. He wrote all these books about doing these polyrhythmic things. And I've known who, who he was since I was in college. Well, he, it turns out he moved to Chicago a few years ago and he posted something on Instagram. I'm like, you're in Chicago. I've known who you are my whole life. I want to take a lesson. And I took one lesson with Pete and I practiced the lesson material. It was six measures mm -hmm. that he assigned. I practiced it for 25 hours. Oh my gosh. This was, this was three years ago. Wow. I'm like, I can't, you know, cause I'm a professional drummer in Chicago. Everyone knows who I am and I can't go show up to a lesson and not be able to play something perfectly. Right. So I really, really killed myself practicing that for so long. And I went back to the second lesson and we did a lesson I paid him for the second lesson. I paid him for a third lesson. I said, I'm done. I said, here's, <laughs> here's money for a third lesson. At some point we will see each other again in this capacity, but I have to, I can't spend this much time on your material. I need to spend this much time on my material. Yeah. But those six measures that I worked on in the first, my first lesson made me pull a thousand books that I had printed I wow. paid all the money for it because I realized there was a section missing from my book. Wow. And that was the melodies section, the, the section that we did at the end of the practice. Yeah. Where you're, you're reading melodies with your foot so and you're great, playing dude. the different accent patterns. That was not in the first version of the book. Oh, man. My lesson with Pete told me it, that's what's missing from my book is a melody, a melody. <sighs> dude, and that... The other, sorry, yeah. that... that that's where I fell apart. I was just I like, know, this isn't even, does. <laughs> this isn't <Right>. even close. <laughs> People fall apart with that so much that in the 3030, I offer, if you can complete what we did, the three, four, one, there's also a four, four, one and a five, four, one. Hmm. If you can complete all three of those within three months of completing the 3030, then I'll give you a low boy beater. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I've had about 150 people take the course and six people have, have gotten the beat. Really? Yeah. Phil, I would love to see if you can do it. It's basically you're you're playing a different um, accent. Like the, the one that we did was a 16th note accent pattern. It changes every time you go through this. Uh, you're reading a kick drum pattern and it it's with a melody of a, of music, right? I don't know why I'm explaining this. I should let you explain it, but <laughs> yeah, I, oh, you have I to saw you shared the video from chops and coffee. Oh uh, yeah. Oh so yeah. Yeah. I watched it. And I was, I was trying, I was trying to do, you know, play along with it. And then I, was, I felt like I was doing okay, but it's definitely, yeah. I could see how deep that rabbit hole goes. And I know there's a lot of stuff I, I would, that would really trip me up. <laughs> but it's Man. it's a really cool i love the whole concept i love how it, the um the melodic and you know the drone notes involved with it yes. also so it's like ear training because i feel like so often we get caught up in patterns as drummers and like seeing visual structures and and like 
physical patterns, but we don't always develop our ear training of a rhythmic overlap of like what you were saying with the different polyrhythmic elements. And I feel like it's really cool how you have the, uh, the, the audio that goes along with yeah. your whole system. That's a game changer. That, that really helps drive home the concepts and helps you stay focused. And, and the way that, um, that links up with breathing, like that's something yeah. I suck at. Like I realized after, um, Adam Gust, mm-hmm. yeah, after he came on and I, I like really have been th- obsessively thinking about how I'm breathing when I play and, or not breathing more like, <laughs> it's just yeah. like, right. I, it's, I'm, I'm curious, like how did, so you, there's like a big slant of, um, of like meditation concepts involved with, with your program, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. How did, how yeah, did that well, whole linkage happen for you? My wife is, I'm married to a, a, a yogi. <laughs> My wife owns a yoga studio. In fact, we're moving her studio from one place to another at, right after this call. Oh, wow. uh, so she's a master yogi who studied with the whole lineage of stuff. And I've always been interested in mental stuff, you know, like what is it that we're thinking? How do you, you know, and you kind of go down these rabbit holes of like, I don't know if you ever went down the quantum physics rabbit hole where you've studied that a little bit. I, I did, uh, you know, he got really interested in quantum physics that starts to, that kind of the layman's version of quantum physics is you create the reality that you experience with sort of like a, a very layman way of saying something about quantum mechanics, but the outcome is determined by the observer. And then that, and then, pe- then people started writing these books about like how, how does the mind, and then it becomes like this spiritual kind of stuff. Like how does the mind interact with reality? What is real? What is only imagined? And then that beca- that starts to get into Eastern philosophy, the yoga philosophy and meditation and stuff. And the concept of um, the world that you experience is always in this moment, right? It's not in the past moment. The past moment can only exist in your mind, in your memory. The future also only exists in your memory. But we humans live in our memories and in our imaginations more than we live in the present moment, usually. Because the present moment isn't as exciting as what you might imagine the future to be or what you remember the past to be. But when you're living in the past or in the future in your mind, you are creating stress, distraction, etc. So meditation is all about staying in the moment, you know, focusing on the moment. And, and one way that people meditate and focus on the moment is they have like the mala beads and they click a bead and they say like some kind of a, Sanskrit prayer or something, you know, click the bead, say the prayer, click the bead. Catholics do that too. They have the rosary and they click the bead and they say their Hail Mary. And there's all these meditative practices that are designed to keep you in the present moment. And one of the most stripped down ones is focus on your breath. If you're always focusing on your breathing, 
then you have to be in the present moment because this is where you're breathing. You know, you're not breathing in the past or the future. You're breathing right now. So drum, rhythm, mantra, repetition. Drum mantra, rhythmic repetition. So the idea of the drum mantra is to keep you in a specific place while you work on being in that place. In the beginning of drum mantra, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to try to play an exercise and play it for so long? Because you have like shamanic drummers, you know, drummers that just go, gong, 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 gong. Eighth notes on a calfskin head for hours. And people finally start going into like trance states and stuff. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool for drummers? Because this could get really boring really fast. So why not give ourselves something that's kind of complex and interesting, play it for long enough to maybe have some kind of like out of body experience. You know, I wanted to see if you could do that. Hmm. And then I realized with my lesson from Pete Magadini, because when he assigned those six measures, you don't work on measure one until you have it. And then measure two until you have it. You always practice each measure you play twice and then you go to the next one, next one. So it's these complex things, but you, you aren't allowed to stay on it. You have to keep moving. And I'm like, oh, prayer beads, you have to keep moving. You can't just like, oh, my, you know, go off into your speaking part and not remember to click the beads. You have to, you have to do both of them. And so that's when I realized there has to be a structure to these exercises. When there's a structure to the exercises, you can't zone out. Because there's eight measures on a page, and you play each measure eight times, and then you play each measure four times, each measure twice, each measure once. So you're constantly having to pay attention to where you are, so you can't check out. And as soon as you check out, and Corey, you mentioned this in the beginning, it immediately tells you where your weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. It tells you if you're checked out, because as soon as you check out, a mistake is going to happen. So very quickly you know if you're not in the present moment. Very quickly, you know if your left hand is weak when you're playing this, exercise, this particular thing because it's not happening. And you have to keep going. And if you can't, you're like, okay, I definitely know that this is something I need to work on. And then you just add another layer to it of, okay, we'll do these exercises and inhale for two bars and exhale for two bars. And that really locks you into place. Man. So it's like all these reinforcements of how to train yourself to be present, how to, how to occupy your mind enough to allow your body to gain the muscle memory that it needs to be able to play something without having to think about it. You know, I, I always say the difference between an amateur musician and professional musician is the ability to concentrate. Because someone, you know, like I grew up, I went to college with Keith Carlock. That guy is laser focused hmm. every second that he's on the stage. He does not check out. And he was, he was that way our, the whole time I've known him. Practicing with intent, practicing tons of repetition, and just that laser focused mind is what it takes to, to, to rise to the very top of, of the game, you know, being, it's not your chops. It's not how crazy you can play because Keith has crazy chops, Yeah. but he also can stay in the pocket and he can also play a, a James Taylor gig, which he did and play brushes almost the whole time, just like Steve Gadwood. 
and not ever veer from it and not ever lose focus night after night after night. And that ability is something that we can train ourselves to do. That's not like, you know, someone says, oh, they're a great drummer because they were born with this natural talent. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. But I think everything, I believe everything is training. I think that anyone can train themselves to become as great as the capacity of their ability to concentrate allows. Uh, I was at my, you know, as, as you probably know, Adam Gus was a classmate of mine in college. Our other classmates, Ari Honig, Keith Carlock, Blair Sinta, Rich Redmond. <laughs> I mean, it was an insane class of students. Yeah. And Ari, the famous story of Ari was, you know, when he was playing, and I love Ari, and he's a friend of mine, but he was playing in these rock bands early on in college, and it wasn't that happening, you know? Mm. He wasn't, he didn't, didn't like playing rock, and it didn't, it wasn't that grooving. He didn't make any lab bands, and then one semester later, he makes the one o'clock lab band, the very top band, in one semester. Mm. And we're like, what on earth did you do? Well, he went and checked out every one o'clock album and learned how to play every song on the, on every one of those records. Nice. You learn the material and now it's easy to get, to get that top position. Yeah. But how do you do that? You have to have the discipline and the focus and the determination to be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to concentrate for long enough to learn 20 albums worth of material and memorize it. Yeah. You know, it's that ability to, I really believe the ability to concentrate is the difference is what makes the difference between great and good. Well, the proof is in all the names you just, you know, yourself and Adam and, and Ari and, you know, all <laughs> some heavy, heavy hitters, heavy yeah, names, in all that heavy. Group, you know? And so, and uh, there was never chops blowing in those days. I mean, we would never get together and try to see who could outdo each other. We were basically all just going to see Keith play. <laughs> <laughs> Keith and is definitely was like, oh my gosh, he's he's one of my favorite drummers. Like, I was lucky enough to be in a band with him. I played percussion. We played in a band together called Ten Man. Nice. And every night, I got to just stare at him playing, and he was a totally different player than he is now. Yeah. Uh, he was so good back then, but, uh, I played percussion for a long time because I was intimidated as a drummer. I didn't want people to know that I was a drummer. <laughs> so I was like playing congas and stuff so I could play with all the great drummers, you know, uh, play with Blair cool. Sinta or Ari. Man, it, it was scary. Um, <laughs> Phil, anything going on in the chat? Um, some, some blown minds. Yeah, <laughs> some friends awesome. saying hi, and uh, Rick yeah, Stojak popped in and said, "Great interview." Oh, Rick Stojak, yeah. yeah, from out here in San Diego. Another great. I got a couple of his books as well. Great, cool. great material for, um, especially for as a teacher. Great, great stuff for um, as far as curriculum goes. Nice. Um, man, we've kept you for a long time, a lot and lot longer than we normally do. Oh, um, okay. Sorry. No, I can no, no, no. talk. I'm, I'm not saying that because of you. I'm saying that because I could talk for it with you for another two hours. I have so many yeah. things that are still on my list that I want to talk about. Yeah. We didn't even um, get to do the wheel of death. I know. I know. So, but the thing is with our, with our show is it is, um, a open ended 
invite. So you're always welcome to come on. If there's anything you're promoting or anything like that, of course, you're welcome to come on. And then I would love to do the acceptance podcast with you and talk a little bit more about your, um, you know, how you formed your, your stuff into a business and like all of that stuff. That would be really, yeah. really cool subject. Sure. Um, right. If people want to get in touch with you, they want to buy your books, they want to um, take your courses, um, you do, you, you first of all, everything that you want is on drummantra.com, right? Yep. Um, drummantra.com. You also host the weekly uh, master classes. Uh, don't you? Am I am I wrong about that? Or I host the weekly practice session, like you. Practice session. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Every Tuesday night at six p.m. Central, okay. and every Saturday morning at eleven thirty a.m. Okay. Um, I might have to jump on that Tuesday night one. That sounds a lot of fun. You you invited me um, last week, but I was on on my vacation, so sorry I missed yeah. that one. But um, this yeah. week starts right, right, left, left, four, four, left foot. So all of those things that we did is now in four four, but we're doing right left right right left left sticking, left foot reads everything. Oh God! Okay, we're in week eighteen <laughs> of eighteen of a twenty four week cycle. You know that thing I try to do like when we were doing it in chops and coffee. I was just trying to play straight sixteenth notes like a single stroke roll, and then read down the kick drum. And even that was messing with me. Even that I wasn't able to get through even one round like with that. And so that, yeah. again, I was like, okay, well, I need to work on my reading chops and I need to like, I need to separate. Like I, there's so many things, man. It's so cool. I, the 30, guys, 30 really takes you deep into getting all of it together. Okay. Cause yeah, it'll be I'm like, gonna be, it'll stick you on one measure forever. You're like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm definitely signing up for that for sure. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do that in the next couple of weeks here. And so cool. you've heard, you heard me say it, everyone on the airwaves. <laughs> I'm committed. So we'll see if um, you have a low boy beater in your hand in three months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have <laughs> I have a low boy beater that I use, but I would the love drum mantra low boy beater. Yeah. yeah, I need a drum mantra one. <laughs> uh, Rich, man, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking yeah, the time thanks, guys. of your, thanks. your busy day. I'm sorry, Phil didn't get to say much. I'm sorry about that. Phil never says anything. Cool. I just, <laughs> okay, I like to listen. <laughs> he just he just waits so people ooh and awe over his miking system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually surprised you didn't chime in more though, Phil. This is like your right up your alley. You love these kind of challenges and practice sessions and stuff like that. It is right up my alley. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, yeah, come to come to a practice session and then then we'll we'll do this again. We can all talk about it. Yeah. yeah that that's a good idea guys. I highly recommend you guys go visit drummantra.com. Um, man, I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. Thanks again, rich. And, um, I hope we'll, uh, we'll have you on again soon. And then you'll see me at, at one of these, uh, practice sessions very soon. Cool, man. All right. Thanks. Thanks guys. Thank you. Drum, 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 drum brigade podcast. Oh my goodness. That was amazing. Yeah, that was great talk. Dude, I told you, Phil. Rich Stitzel, man. Guy's awesome. That dude's that dude's awesome, man. Dude's like <laughs> that dude's awesome, but it's like it puts things into perspective for me, like not to sound self-deprecating, but it's like it just makes you be like, I gotta step up, man. I gotta step up my game if I wanna be like a good teacher. I mean, that's like Rich is somebody that I consider to, to be a very good teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if that's what the level is, then I, I gotta, I gotta step up my game. So like, 
yeah, it's all good, but you know, it's very useful. That's, that's what a teacher should be for you. It shouldn't be ego driven. It shouldn't be like self-centered, you know, coming from a self-centered position. Like, here's why I'm great. Here's all my many accomplishments. And like, now I'm going to show you that you suck. It's like, it's not at all it. It's like, here's the material. Here's what's going to help you do it. You know? So really good stuff. Um, unfortunately we've ran out of time, so I, you know, but we will be back next week. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Um, I have a lot more things to talk about, a lot more things to say, dude. I went on a huge scooter rally this weekend. I saw some Best pictures. scooters. <laughs> cool. It was pretty fun in long beach. It was good stuff. Um, so, uh, Oh, next Monday, uh, I have to get, I actually, yeah, we'll have to figure that out off the air, but I have a gig on, on, I think it's next Monday. So, but I think I can still do the show. I just have to leave right after. So let me uh, know. We'll figure that out. Yeah. So this is that, this is the show that I was talking about. The zoom wedding deal that I have to do. You got it all dialed. I, I didn't tell you this, Phil. Uh, Last I heard, last I heard you needed help or you were, you were anxious about it. Phil, do you have five minutes? Sure. Oh, no, wait a minute. I did tell you this. Yeah, I mean. The guy, the guy had my, so I'm, now I'm totally confused. Everybody's like, wait, is it a soapbox or is it not? The guy messed with my almost. settings, remember? Yeah, that's where, uh, that's why I was asking if you have it all dialed now. Is oh, it all, yeah, yeah. I just switched the settings back, and, and now we're good. good. Okay. Okay, not a soapbox, everybody. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already had that soapbox. Listen to the last episode. Yeah, we already last, had that soapbox. Episode. Yeah, it was a repeat soapbox. All right. Anyways, <laughs> you can't do this to me, man. I got worked up to ready to, like, punch something. All right, it's all good. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Funky Phil. Thank you, Corey. Big shout out and big thank you to Rich Stitzel, man. Really, really cool guy. Really cool stuff. Really great stuff that he has. Um, check out richstitzel.com. No, sorry. Drummantra.com. And then it's Rich Stitzel Drums on Instagram. Um, you guys got any questions or anything like that? Use the Drum Brigade uh, website. All that stuff. You want to join Chops and Coffee? Keep checking our website, though, because new merch is coming for Chops and Coffee and drumsticks are available. Yeah. All right. Um, So I'm going to go live one of these days this week and talk about our drumsticks and let everybody know they're available and um, also talk about why they're a teaching tool. So um, but also first rate hickory and they look freaking like dope. (laughs) So for all you drummers out there that want to um, try something a little different. You know, they're not just for teachers. They're like, I use them as everyday drumsticks too. So, um, all right guys. So this is show one eleven. Thanks again. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful, fantastic, just over the moon week. All right. Just a special week. <laughs> Phil, I hope you have a wonderful day. Happy 10 year anniversary. Oh my goodness. I mean, come Thanks, on. Man. Are you guys going to have a third son now? No. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> We're done. Um, all right, man. Well, Phil, great talking to you. And uh, again, special thanks to Rick or Rich for coming on. Um, all right. See you guys next week. Oh, yeah. You're a legend.
There goes right my career. Bed condom. Bed condom. This show is going to go better than this. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe. Yeah.